Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome back to the Paddle and Fin Podcast Network. We're brought to you by Pelican Built Tough. For all situations, go to pelican.com. Yak Gadget. For all your fine kayak fishing accessory needs, go to yakgadget.com. Eastport Marina on the beautiful shores of Dale Hollow Lake. For all your lodging, kayaking, and fishing needs, go to eastport.info. Now let's get this show started. Guys, it's Takeover Tuesday. Let's do this. Welcome to a special edition of the Rusty Hook Podcast, streaming live on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. One hour of straight talk regarding tournament news, angler profiles, gear reviews, and more. Now let's get our show started by joining with John Rapp, our host. Hey guys, welcome to the Rusty Hook Kayak Fishing Podcast, Tuesday, the 17th of October, episode 41 of the third season.
Yeah, we're streaming live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. So look for us there. Got a great show for you here. And I apologize for some delays. Internet signal goes off here with Star, with my uh, my Starlink, but uh, we'll do the best we can. So I got a great uh, lineup for you today. I got one of my teammates from the Field Free Kai Fishing Team. It's his rookie year. And we're going to bring him on and let him talk about his experiences, uh, not only starting off his kayak fishing year, uh, his first time really getting out and getting into the kayak fishing scene, but he jumps head into it, uh, got into the kayak fishing scene, uh, joined our team, and went out and became one of New York's club's rookie of the year for the club that he participated in. So without further ado, I'm going to bring on Verge Shook from New York. Hey, John, how are What's you? Say, brother? Hey, I'm Verge. doing all right. Doing hey, all right. I appreciate, you. Man, I appreciate you. I appreciate you taking your afternoon to jump on here with us and talk kayak fishing. So without further ado, first of all, tell us a little bit about you and what got you into fishing and then what, how you got into kayaking. Yeah, thanks, John. First off, for having me as part of the team. I appreciate it. It's uh, been an exciting adventure. I'm having a great time with it. Um, yeah, so the I, I've been fishing my whole life, as most people always say. Um, started my grandfather when I was young. Um, bass fishing, you know, trout, sea, ocean, it didn't matter. I just love to fish. And then my wife and I started to travel and we realized that the kayak seemed like a thing to do because we always were ended up at water front sites and <clears throat> things like that. Excuse me. So uh started kayaking, but I didn't put the two together quite quick as quick as I had hoped. And uh with the kayaking, I just kind of had a pelican or one of the orange things from tractor supply and uh just paddled around and one night I just started taking my fishing pole out and I said, this is really cool. So I started, as anyone does, got on the internet and started digging and realized that I had um, a kayak dealer nearby that sold um, a fishing kayak. And I didn't really know much about them at that point. So I uh, took a ride over and, and had happened to have my truck and I departed with a Mokin 10. And that was my Beautiful. first fishing, my first fishing kayak. And um, from there, it really hasn't stopped. I think about fishing every day, as most of us do in the kayak world. And um, so I started rigging up the Mokin, and I ended up uh, going back the following season, which this is going back two years. So then I went back to the same store again um, and picked up a, a lure, 11.5. So that was my second kayak. And I said, this is really good. This is a Cadillac. So I ended up uh, rigging that up some more, as you might guess, uh, one rod turned into two rods. Next thing you know, I've got four or five sticking out the back and yeah. it's developed. Yeah. And then, uh, so then I started looking even more because then I found, I discovered uh, kayak tournaments here locally in, um, in the Hudson Valley in New York. Um, and then I got chatting with guys and I went out for my first trip, which was Candlewood Lake, which I absolutely love Candlewood Lake. So I um, was out on the very first tournament. I think it was the, uh, 
I think it was a, a classic or I can't remember exactly what it was, but I had the paddle and I said, okay, I'm going to give it a shot. And I got kind of beat up by the wind and, and the distances I needed to travel. So I started looking into the pedal idea and I ended up uh, talking to the tournament director of the president of the club, uh, Rich Biggie, about um, a better boat and picking his brain. And he says, I got somebody that might have one up for sale. So I ended up uh, meeting uh, Chris Gones, which is a, also a feel free member and uh, purchased the, uh, the Dorado from him. So now I'm fishing a Dorado with a lot of mojo. And I, and I, <laughs> some of that, my success is probably because of the mojo that Chris left on it. And so now that I'm, now that I got that, it's, 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 it's a single man bass boat. And I've really developed into um, being comfortable out on the bigger waters because of this boat and the stability. And again, I'm, I don't settle. So I ended up looking at, okay, what can I do for a motor? And I ended up putting the uh, XI3 on the front and with a GPS pinpoint. And that is an absolute game changer for me. And, and I, I have a lot of my success that's happened recently in the past couple of tournaments is because of that. Um, I'm able to fish the open water in the wind and in spots that normally that I would either have to try to paddle or pedal. And again, you know, it's preference and I just chose that direction and it's really helped me develop my fishing uh, strategy. So yeah, it's, it's, it's been an adventure. So this year I've uh, picked up on a lot of little things to learn uh, in the fishing world just by asking questions. And that's the great thing about this community. You know, everyone is willing to help. So if you're new out there listening, don't be afraid to ask questions because it, it, you'll get, you'll get answers you'll need. So. And like you, you've done too, join a local club. Sure. Yeah. Yep. They, 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 they guided you to the right directions. So yeah. Um, I, I tell you, I, I've got a Mokin 10, and I just got a Yak gadget motor mount for the back of it built. I'm going to put my NK180 on the back of that thing. I love the Mokin 10. I tell yeah. you, I absolutely love it. Uh, yep. It's a big guy kayak. I, I'm 260. Uh, I'm going to have that big motor on the back of it because it can hold 440 pounds. Right. A 10-foot boat that's light. Um I, I'm looking forward. I've got it. I've got a Bixby on it right now that I've yep. been using. Uh, I design. I set it up for Beth, but she doesn't get out as much, so I use it. And I'm yeah. looking forward to really, really fixing that yeah. thing for 2024. That's great. And that, like you said, that milking is so mobile. I mean, I can literally toss it in, and you know, and the the absolute stability of that boat for. Um, being 10 feet long is incredible with 440 pounds of capacity. I mean, you really can't ask for much more. I mean, it's, it's, that's incredible. And I love the mobility of it. I'll throw it in and go uh, catch a couple of river smallies. Uh, we have a who's a tonic close by and you know, it's, it's, it's great for that. It's, it's, a, it's a great platform. Yeah. It's, I mean, it, and you hit it on the head. It's a great river. Boat. So, yeah. I mean, it can be used for all aspects of fishing. Sure. But uh, for river, you can't really beat it. No, no, and it it the draft on it's so nominal, minimal. It's great. You know, I can skate over some of the rougher areas. Obviously, we have shallows and and the Housatonic, and very very few times do so I have to actually 
portage the boat. I mean, it, it does so well getting over the rocks and and areas of shallow. So I, I love it for that. So it's excellent. So tell us a little bit about your fishing style. Are you a finesse fisherman, power fisherman, topwater? What, what, what's effective yeah. for you? Yeah, I always end up going back to it. I think it roots back from the days fishing my grandfather, uh, just the finesse fishing, slow bottom fishing, uh, rolling jigs, uh, you know, small baits, things like that, and just really just cutting the water apart, picking it apart, and finding what the fish want. And, you know, you know the electronics today, you know the fish are there. It's just a matter of giving them present presentation they either haven't seen or so subtle that they think, oh, they think nothing of it. It's just, okay, this is an easy, quick, simple meal. And and once I get on them, you know, I try to duplicate that pattern throughout the water. And fortunately, it, it, it works for me. You know, um, I, I spoke to you last night quickly, and we talked about the Lake George tournament. I had to power fish that entire tournament. And I, I it's amazing what it takes to do that all day long. It's actually taxing. Um, I, and I'm not used to it and right. it's a different style and guys hammer it and love it. But for me, it, it's back to the simple, small baits slow and, you know, just taking my time and, and finding the fish. Do you cover a lot of ground when you fish or, or is it, uh, do you just work a, a section and then keep working it back and forth and let fish reset? Yeah, that's a great question. Sometimes uh, some of the waters here, I'll have to, you know, cover some ground to find the bite. You know, Kendallwood Lake's famous for that, I believe. And, uh, you know, they're either there or they're not. They're, and there's a lot of dead water there where there's just nothing happening. And the motor comes into play for that. And I'll just find uh, another area on the maps that have the same structure or the depths. And I'll start there. And fortunately, it's, it's worked for me, you know, drop shouting or whatever, you know, in some of these areas where I don't believe to be fish, they end, tend to end up being there, which is kind of an impressive in its own right. You know, just slowing down and taking my time and covering the water when I when I'm not getting the bite when I think they should be. So it's it's um it's definitely a, a, it works for me the finesse for sure covering ground. That's one thing I had to learn to do. And early on in the tournaments, I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't move. I would, I, I had to become more flexible and open-minded to think that, okay, I, if I make that mile or two mile run, there'll be fish and, and it paid off a couple tournaments. So not being centered in one spot or tunnel vision with what I think should work. You know, it, the flexibility is one of the big things I've really had to learn this summer. So. So yeah, you mentioned you, you use a spot lock for the, the XI3. Do you, yep. What, what do you have it paired with? The Lorentz system that you can uh, work it together and find fish and set up on it? Yeah, well, um, what I do is I look for the structure, the, the, the points um, that have a rocky bottom or things like that, and I'll set up on that. I don't have it connected to the Lorentz. I have the Garmin. But I did learn, I did learn that you can actually – there's a way to connect it so it, it'll navigate for you and, and right to your spot. But um, I would have to totally change my electronics. I'm not sure I'm willing to do that. Um, but yeah, I'll just find the, the structure of the terrain. Navionics is huge, as everyone knows. So 
right. you know, I'll just find that that contour and follow the contour and keep an eye on my uh, side scan and down view. Yep. The, the, yeah, and again, the GPS, like you said, the spot lock and pinpoint really just makes it that much easier, especially in the and with a kayak. You, you, we kind of get blown around more than most boats. So being able to sit there and just be on top of where the fish are, it's actually, it felt weird the first couple of times I was successful at that. So, yep. That's interesting. I, I use a Lorentz with side scans. I'm such a novice on it that I'm still struggling to use it. What what did you do to make yourself better at using those applications? Uh, I, I'm naturally tech savvy, um, so I kind of dove into it head first. Um, last winter, before I even put the um, GPS together on my boat in the or the Navionics and uh, Garmin, I YouTube a million videos and picked through and figured out what works, what doesn't, and found guys on there that broke it down to what I understood and just really got to know my electronics before I even went on the water this past spring. Um, I, I did buy it last year, but then I upgraded and really kind of set it up right this year. And, you know, asking, again, asking questions. Uh, one of the guys that worked for me here where I work, He's a big fisherman, kayak fisherman, successful. And so I'm always picking his brain because he, he's in it longer than I am. And he knows, he knows the ins and outs of the electronics too. So finding a good mentor. Let's, let's, let's mention that. Yeah. And yeah, finding somebody like that's gold. I mean, yeah, especially sure. when they work with you. Yeah. We uh, talk fishing. We get sidetracked so often. It's, it makes it, uh, makes the day go quick. It does. I bet. Hey, well, stand by here a second. I'm going to run a, a couple videos, and then we'll be sure. right back. C-Pro Lithium, serious power in 12, 24, and 36-volt applications. Bluetooth capable. Go to Z-Pro Lithium for more. Dubro Fishing, American-made marine applications and locally manufactured soft plastics. Visit DubroFishing.com. Feel free kayaks, paddle, pedal, or power. There's something for everyone. Check out feelfreeus.com. Yak Gadget, American-made kayak fishing accessories and gear. Go to yakgadget.com for your rigging needs. Ace Adventure Resort, West Virginia's number one destination for hiking, biking, ziplining, whitewater rafting, and more. Check out aceraft.com. Westbrook Supply Company, Georgia's premium supplier for all your kayak rigging supplies and fishing equipment. Go visit westbrooksupply.com. Guys, John Rapp, back with you here on the Paddle and Fin Podcast Network here on the Rusty Hook Podcast page. Streaming live via YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and on my Twitter account. So if you're watching, hit that like button, subscribe, follow, and make sure you go over to the Verge's pages and check him out. When we bring him back on, we'll get in and tell us about where you can find him. So without further ado, let's bring back Verge. For the second half of the show. Hey, Virg, you're back, baby. Thank you. Thanks, John. Yeah, so uh, you can follow me on YouTube, HTH Outdoors. Um, I got a lot of uh, videos on there that um, display on, on how to rig the kayak, things like that, some of my builds. And uh, 
items there and some of my adventures. Uh, I still got a lot of editing to do um, on a couple of tournaments, so we'll get them up when the fishing season slows down. So. Definitely. That's the good thing about the, this time of year. You can work on your video uh, work. And, of course, as you mentioned earlier, a lot of guys can start researching YouTube for the yep. stuff that they plan on buying for Christmas that they're going to use for spring and uh, get, get familiar with that and start their builds for them. Sure. And, and it's also that time of year where people will start reaching out to uh, sponsors and, uh, like, feel free. We'll uh, re have team members reapply and reach out and get new team members and things like that. So it's, it's, it's a great time of year. Yeah, for sure. It's, uh, it's, uh, like I said, I'm always thinking and trying to figure out what I can do next. And there's some modifications. And I kind of prepped my wife. I'm potentially looking at a new boat. So, I mean, I may be wanting to upgrade to the V2. Um, I love the Dorado platform. So um, that may be in my future. We'll have to see how that lands. But it'll be another build. So I had a V1 for two years. And when they were coming out with the V2, I sold mine to a guy here in west virginia and then the it got delayed from march to august when they were coming in across the ocean and so that's when i outfitted my mokins now nice. i don't know if i want to i don't want to go back or not I'm, <laughs> I'm having a hard time because i bought a lure 11 5 and i had it heavily decked out yep um but it, it just didn't just meet all my needs so i sold it to a friend of mine here and went back to my mokin 12 5 yeah. So yeah, it's hard, man. You know, you know these boats. You can you can customize them so much, but then th there's certain little intricacies. They're like, well, I don't like how that feels, or I don't I don't like how this is laid out. Exactly. That's one thing about the the Dorado. Uh, it, it's got a lot of room, and what I like about the side channels where you can store stuff. Yeah, um, absolutely. It's a it's a game changer. They yeah, and that's and that's. The Dorado has a lot of real estate for storage on, on the sides yeah. of it in the dunnage area. I put my little, I think they're 3600, and some of the fish photo pictures, I, <laughs> it looks like a yard sale of stuff on the sides, but the, it keeps the deck clear. You know, I'm able to put my yeah. measuring board down there, the catch board. Um, now that I'm not using pedals for the, a good portion of the things, I use the, uh, the storage area from my lure. I put in there for extra storage, the little storage pods. So, yeah, the Dorado is great for that. And again, it's it's just a great platform. I actually um, added the 360 seat to it, and that really is. I'm able to reach the bottom. I, I it's kind of a dig to get down there, but um, the deck I can reach. Yeah, for sure. And and yeah. that actually helps a little bit for me because I'm short, so I'm able to stand up easier. And um, and not as nimble as I used to be. And it's nice, you know, I'll stand a lot, but I can even like, if I need to skip a dock or something, I just unlock that seat, spin it to the side, and I'm sending it underneath the dock with no problem just by the, the ability to turn the seat. So it, it, it works good. And again, it's the tinkering adjustments change. So I, I like to be dynamic. I still have my swivel seat that I had for my Lord level five. I, yep. I'll probably need to get rid of it, sell it to somebody that needs it. But I do have one for my Big Fish 103, and yep. it makes it makes a huge difference. 
Uh, yeah. For you guys out there that might not know, the Big Fish is also made by Field Free Kayaks. Um, and it's, it's a smaller version of a Dorado. It has the same type of railing, um, but it doesn't have the storage capabilities because that's how the seat sits in there uh, versus where the Dorado is more on, on the, the platform. Um, it, it's it's pretty sweet. Uh, yeah. It definitely, I like it. I mean, no, go ahead, sorry. No, no, you go ahead. No, I, I like the idea of um, it's it's less of uh, movability. The adjusters tend to slide quick and easy, you know, and it's a solid seat. And I, I like the idea of that adjustable back the way it is, too. You know, it, it reminds me of the Moken, the, the yeah. seat structure. And I and I love the Moken seat, so. And, but um, on another note, if you... When you get ready to part with that 11 and a half feet, uh, let's definitely talk. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll get together and uh, we'll get to you somehow or another. Yeah, for sure. I'll have to make my, that reason come down and go do some fishing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know, we were talking last night on the Feel Free uh, Fishing Team video show. Um, I, I really want to see. Uh, some of you guys up north, if you, you know, everything of course is about money. But uh, yep. if we if we could do a tournament like it in Alabama or uh, or even like Susquehanna, uh, where it's a little closer to you guys, uh, sure. we we all get a house, come up for a week, and just do a lot of video content, a lot of camaraderie, just spend time together, and then fish the tournament when it when that time rolls or even even so, you know, who says it has to be a tournament? You know, right. we could still we could still get a house and all just go out and have do a week of fun fishing. You know, and yeah, and, and that'd be great, like a destination point where we all can kind of have like a meet and greet for the folks that yeah. can make it. That would I'd be absolutely down for that. It would yeah, be that, um, that would be, it'd be good. Yeah, yeah, and that's uh, that's I mean that's. Plenty of time to plan. That's a good winter project. Yeah. Um, well, I, I'll definitely have to sit down with you guys, see what we can pull up together once everybody gets their schedules for the tournament year. And they, they say, yep. okay, I'm going to dedicate a week to this. And then we all say we do it and and, and, and we figure out a place to go. Lake Erie, you know, yep. um, would be a good spot too. Um, for sure. And there's plenty of opportunity there. I mean, there's – it's <laughs> – there's a lot to lot to take in up there. That'd be fun. We're actually yeah. out there. Well, I like but that's your home. That's your home water. You you, you kind of that's your like your go-to lake, right? I mean, you're pretty familiar with that water. I've been up there every year for the last two years. Uh, I go up with some friends here with the, my local club. We rent yep. a, a cabin for a week, and we just go out and fish. And we catch them when they're spawning. They're coming in to spawn. So. Uh, Somebody like you that has an XI3, my buddy that's got an XI3 on his Hobie, I mean, he, he, he's he got one of those uh, Hummingbird 360s. Yeah. He can he can find them them honey holes when they're down in their spawner, find the fish in them, and he'll just set up on them. He'll catch 25 to 50 fish a day. Oh, that's incredible. So oh, don't yeah. think a person, I'll be following you around up there if we make that happen. <laughs> Hey, I'll be I'll be following you. You got the XI three. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I actually, uh, that, that's probably going to be my next uh, investment is a, some sort of live scope or something to that effect. Uh, I started picking folks' brains and just trying to see what would work and how I might rig it on the Dorado and um, just see what uh, if it's a, a feasible option. And I, I think it, I think it'll work. I mean, I use the front for a battery, but we'll see how it goes. No, you got the humming. You got you got that that hole. You got your your uh, hole right in front of the boat, right there where you would yep. normally have your pedal drive. You could, you yeah. could probably take something like uh, a 3D printer to print and put something yeah. in the hole, and then put your live scope right down in there and turn it right in front of you. That's you know? a great idea. It could be like like a turret. Yeah. Yeah. That would that would yeah. See that that's gonna work. I haven't uh, now. I have momentum at least to start. So. I mean, the, the you know the hardest part is just finding somebody who has the 3D printer and the skills to build something. Oh, excuse me, something like that. I know Jerry, our buddy from West Virginia, on the team. He's got yep. the live scope. I think he has it off the side of his Dorado. Sure. Um, but I, if it was me, I mean, I'm thinking, you know, we got that. You got that gap right there. It's yep. not being utilized. And we've talked about that. I've talked about that with Roland, you know, for the guys when they go back over to to Malaysia to the factory yeah. and all the designers have said, we need to, uh, you know, because a lot of guys are putting these front motors or back motors and right. they have that gap right there. Let's find let's find a way to utilize that and let them utilize that. That's a, that's so, a great idea. And, and that's the nice thing about Feel Free. They were very receptive to what we do and, you know That's the true. input, so it's it's exciting to be a part of that. So, good One stuff. Things that, yeah, you know, the, our our group is it that they they'll listen to us and they they write things down. You know, it's, it takes money, R and D, and time, and what we may ask them to do maybe three years down the road before it gets to us. Sure. So, um, uh, but they they do listen. That's that's a wonderful thing. Yeah. So, so tell us about, you know, you, you had your first year with your kayak club this year and you, you ended up winning rookie of the year. Tell us sure. about your season and, and what you, what was uh, the positives you took out of it and where do you see you need to improve to, to improve yeah. your ranking for next year? Yeah, for sure. And it's, uh, you know, I always, everyone starts with high hopes of winning it all and stuff, but. I didn't have any anticipation of the rookie of the year um, idea, but so I, I started off fishing the, uh, I think we started in April. We had a, uh, a team tournament and uh, I was actually teamed up with one of the guys that are pretty successful. He's, you know, he was vying for the angle of the year this year. And, um, you know, he, he actually helped me out, you know, just kind of in the, in the start of it, just trying to get a feel for the tournament and laying the groundwork to be patient and, and take your time. And because as soon as I got to the water, I was ready to get in. And I was kind of like a rattled mess because I was just so anxious to get on the water and fish. He's like, we have all day, relax, let the guys get out there, do their thing. And he said, there'll be fish. So, you know, and I went back to my style of fishing of, you know, the slow and easy and we ended up doing well. We ended up taking second place. So that was a good start. It was a confidence builder. Um, you know, the boat was still new to me at that point. And I just kind of took my time and, and did what I thought I should do. And it worked out. And then, 
we ended up fishing Mayo Pack Lake, which is another local lake. And I landed fifth in that one. And I started thinking, okay, hey, I got something. Maybe I can figure this out. And then I signed up for a monthly tournament. And I ended up taking the first place in the monthly tournament. It didn't count towards the rookie of the year or AOI points. But again, it just bolstered my confidence. And hey, I can actually do this. And I ended up bringing in like, ice. Yeah, that's what I like about the onlines, the monthly onlines. Yeah. It gives people a chance to fish at their own speed. Yep. And and they learn the, the kayak fishing rules um, and and things like that. So it, yeah. it's a they're they're a positive for the sport. And like you said, it it it, it boistered your confidence. Yeah. Um, yep. Get familiar with your kayak. Taking photographs. I mean, Eric, a lot of us are really good at catching fish. Yeah. But when it comes to tournament fishing, you have to be able to get that photograph. Ooh, and yeah. You want to talk that's about. A, that's a learning curve right there. Yeah, I struggled with that. And I'm not going to lie. Uh, I had some bumps with that. I couldn't get it right. And it, that helped a lot. Um, I ended up bringing in like 96 or 98 inches for the monthly, which for myself, but it was a milestone. But what I did learn is taking the pictures. The CPR part of it was obviously was all new. So I really had to like slow it down. And I, I literally stopped touching the fish because I was having problems with my hand placement. The, you know, everything, it was kind of like, I felt like it was, everything was going against me with the CPR part of it. So I just kept practicing at it. And, and even now, like, um, for those that are listening that are new, do what I did. I, I still do. I take pictures of every fish that I can put them on the board and just practice with it. And that's, you know, you'll find what's going to work. And that, that was the biggest learning curve was getting those pictures. Right. And, you know, because <laughs> just my luck is it, it, I was, there's a lot of challenged fish that I put up because of it. Fortunately, I took a lot of pictures because I was doing it wrong and to get it right. It, it takes practice. It does. And that's, that's a real good point of that. So. Yeah, well, then, I mean, yep. as you know, with the Dorado, the Dorado has gunnels, and the good thing about the way it's it's designed is you can take your catch board, put it right up inside on one gunnel, and run yep. it through on the other side. Or if you want it elevated, you can you can angle it that way. You can put the fish on there, and it has its weight on there. Guys, always wet your catch board before you use it because one if you're in a very hot day that metal gets hot the fish as soon as they hit it they want to they want to get off of it so wet it cool it off um and the other thing is 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 birds probably can attest to is have a system like as soon as you catch the fish put that fish on your fish grips put it back in the water clean your deck move your poles out of the way Go ahead, get your camera ready in advance so you don't have to do it after you try to grab that fish and put it down there. So that way, as soon as you put the fish down, you're ready to photograph. Um, right. That's And that's, and I have a routine now because of that. That very thing you just said is key. I set it up the same way. I actually um, invested in a deeper net so the fish is in the water comfortably. It, it kind of chills out the fish for a minute or two. Um, I clear my deck. Um, I don't want anybody seeing the worms or whatever I'm using. I guess that's part of it, but 
I got people used to pick on me because I had all my baits in the pictures, and I learned that's not the best thing. <laughs> oh, you, Big you, you know what? Let's see if I can do. I don't. I got a new computer. I, I have so much. Froze up. I lost you there for a second. Yeah. I, sorry about that, guys and gals, my glitch. Uh, but I, my deck is covered with baits, uh, Walmart bags, everything you can think <laughs> of. Uh, it's, it's awful. When you, when you see that catch board laying on top of everything. It's funny. I mean, I, I like to be kind of organized in the routine. I, I even put the net the same way now because I've had fish go flying off the side before I could even get a picture. Oh, the, the, the trials and tribulations of the kayak fishing. It, it, I wouldn't change it for anything because I've learned so much. And it's solidified um, how to do things and how not to do things. And uh, there's been a lot of knots. <laughs> yeah. Always learning the knots, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. So what's your plans for 2024? Uh, I want to I get better. And I want to I want to fish some bigger, bigger, larger events, the bigger uh, circuit. Um, not that I think I'm that good or anything, but I just want to be around the, the the heavy hitters and and learn from them, or at least try to, and you know, just raise the competitive bar. Um, it it just it's what I like to do, and I, we we uh, coincide our travel. Uh, summer summer travels with fishing kayaking so we're looking at some bigger destinations i want to try some main lakes this year and i'm probably going to end up south um a few places as well and um probably the new boat project i think if something works out with that i'm going to uh you know see what i can do as far as keeping the dorado i have now and and ch making some changes to a new one so yeah, and it, it always growing. I, I I never settle, even in life in general. I I always try to improve to my best of my abilities. The national scene's a great thing, and you got a couple of guys that live next to you that, that do a little traveling with Chris and Tyler Sweet, who's not too far, I don't think, from you there in New nope. York. So, uh, yep. I mean. So, you could even even go over and fish some of their tours, their, their yeah. trails, maybe if they have opens, and try to steal some of their club monies, or <laughs> yep. make those trips uh, to the OB, KBF, or the Bass Nation type events, Bassmaster events. So yeah, and last night's on the on the podcast. Last night, I'm really intrigued about the Florida fisheries. I'm i I don't like the gator idea, but. Uh, sounds like some of those fish that they're pulling out of there, and and one of the team members, Frizzy, he just constantly catching big fish. Oh, so I, I was fortunate enough to go fishing with Frizzy uh, yep. back in, when I went to ICAST, and uh, and that's the thing: if you ever come down to ICAST and you drive, you know, you yep. might bring your boat. So because yeah. that's the one thing I do every year. I I take ten days. I I t fish my way down. And I fished my way back after yeah. the event. So, and Frizzy was kind enough to take me out to one of his honey holes, and we fished for about three hours after I cast. And uh, I caught about fifteen fish, nothing huge, 
but right. uh, you know, 16, 17 inch largemouth all day. So it was yeah. fun. It's still a good day of fishing. Yeah, it was it was fun. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's uh yeah, and you know, like I said, I I we actually uh, upgraded to a truck camper, so I can travel, tow the boat, and launch camp wherever I'm at. So. It's going to be like a nomadic idea for the summer of uh, catching some uh, tournaments or just fun fishing. Uh, you, you said you still have a few more years before you can retire and do that yeah. full time? Yep, I'm still at it full time, but um, this summer I'm going to take some an extended time off and just get a break. And uh, we're going to do Maine, probably. My wife's family is in Maine. And then, like I said, I, I don't have an exact idea or plan yet for the south but i want to hit some areas i fished i've uh been to kentucky fishing i actually had the moken i fished with, with my moken out there and that was uh that was fun uh the water was incredible it was like i had a what i a little uh fish finder and it was like read 90 degree water on the surface and it was just incredible i, I didn't do too well there i uh hadn't embraced the whole kayak fishing planning type thing i just was kind of on a whim so which but i'll, I'll probably hit out there again sorry which lake was it in kentucky uh lake barkley and then uh i it was the area land between the lakes so yeah yeah I, if i fish the uh the power pole lake power line lake in in, okay. the, in the land between the lakes and i i had as my very first kbf tournament back in 2014 um, I think it was their their very it was their biggest events, their first event of the year before they started getting in, into their yearly events and national championship. And then uh, I I I spunked for the tournament, but I caught a fish. But like we were talking about earlier, being a, very new into the sport, when I was trying to photograph it, I lost it off my board. It was a 16, 16 inch fish, so I ended up skunking for the tournament. But uh, the following year, I went back to the national championship, and uh, I finished uh, 12, 19th out of four. That I was fishing off limits, and I had to go fish Lake, uh, uh, the Cumberland River mostly, which is I, I did a lot of, I, I'm more of a river fisherman, so I stuck to what worked for me, and I found mm -hmm. some small streams off of it. That, that's how I, I was successful in that event. I found sure. some places that, that, that the big largemouth was going back in to spawn, and yeah, I, I got lucky. So. And that's, the, and you you hit on the head, you know, I'm, that's my style too, you know, uh, kind of like pinched areas where it's tighter for the fish. It's easier. For me, being new, it's easier to locate the fish, and that's like yeah. you asked about what my plans are, and and that's improving, you know, my my big open water uh, fishing ability. So I have it's all like, the, I, the pieces. Yeah, all the pieces are in place. I just two gotta things get. from like the same thing. I'm I'm the same way, and I say it every year, but I, I never really improve. Is one using a graph and fishing cold water. Yeah. Um, I, if I can improve that that area, my my game would be really solid. And, yeah. Uh, 
it's funny. I mean, the, 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 we all kind of know what to do. It's just making that work and implementing it. And that's, and that's always the hard part for me is the change of that. That's I want to improve on the open water, you know, and, and finding that structure and finding how the fish are feeding. You know, it's, it's the analogy of making it work. Sometimes it just doesn't figuring out and then making it work is better for me. I, I think that's for everybody, man. You get everybody can adopt that. Yeah. Hey, man. So, uh, final thoughts, closing closing thoughts on the on the show. Uh, wh what kind of advice would you give to next year's rookie when they're stepping out, getting into the tournament scenes? Uh, what would you tell them, uh, maybe to help speed their learning curve? Um, don't get too absorbed into everything you see and hear. Do what works for you, for sure. Ask the right questions and be a student and and just have fun. I mean, that's the big thing. I For a little while there, I wasn't nailing it with the fun department. And it was becoming, I felt like I was at work and that wasn't fun for me. And, and I almost lost sight of it. And I would say to them to just have fun. Absolutely just enjoy it. Go out there, enjoy the water, you know, and, enjoy the surroundings and and just take it in and, and if you get lucky and catch a fish that's a bonus yeah build relationships build friendships build relationships network yep and that that way you when you go out and do the things that you love in areas you you know people there and you can meet up with people fish with them and and, and have a great time absolutely and you know the the I'm the outdoor industry. I've been in it since 2008, and this is a whole new avenue. And I've met some of the greatest people in the past year that I have in my entire outdoor um, adventures. You know, it's 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 amazing the good people you can meet in this field. How about that? Looking at one right there. <laughs> hey man, I appreciate you coming on. Appreciate you coming on Rusty Hooks and spending the last 45 minutes with me. Wish you nothing but success and happy Halloween to you and the family. Thank Be you. Blessed. Thanks, John. Have a great day. I appreciate you. All right, guys. Appreciate uh, Verge sticking around, hanging out with old JK here, uh, talking kayak fishing. Uh, I caught him uh, during a break and thought we would have a, a good conversation about uh, his rookie year. Um, his thoughts on kayak fishing, and I, I hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure you go check out his Facebook page, his YouTube pages, uh, Verge Shook. Um, and also, thank you for putting up with these little hiccups that I had with uh, my internet coverages here within the middle of God's country in West Virginia. On Starlink, leaves are falling off, so my signal's getting a little better. Uh, be safe. Have a great day. Next Tuesday, we'll, we will do our Halloween special, so make sure you tune in. Nothing but love for everybody.